here's the thing you have to take away from this. Be intentional, okay? This is not about, oh my gosh, here are 18 different things you should do, so now you need to do all 18 things. This is about really considering what on this list, and there's so many other things that I haven't even mentioned, right? So there's so many more things. For me, I choose to go deeper instead of wider every time, and that always works really well for me. But it requires me to really look at my numbers and see where do people tend, like, how, where do people respond best to me? Where do people get most excited about my message? And when I can pay attention in that way, I can be way more intentional and strategic about how I choose to show up, okay? But please be intentional and do not read this as, oh my gosh, now I have to do 18 things a month in order to grow. No, pick two or three and turn the volume up and down on those things. And if you're like, hmm, these aren't working, swap it out with something else. That's when you should try something else, right? But for me, I would pick two to three at, the to- at a time and go turn that volume up and down on them, okay? Welcome to Marketing Unfiltered, where I ditch the highlight reel and share the unfiltered truth about how to get clients online. The good, the bad, and the OMG, thank God I'm not the only one. I'm Sophia Para. let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Marketing Unfiltered. I have a little pep in my step because I feel a lot healthier than I did last week. I think by the end of the last week, I felt 80% better. I was still coughing like crazy. And now I'm coughing a little bit less. I'm even feeling like maybe I can go to the gym and get through it. I don't know. Maybe not quite there yet. I think I'm still, I still maybe have a day in me of needing to chill out a little bit. But I'm really excited to be on the mic and feel like I can breathe and have a conversation. I don't know what I sound like. I might still sound somewhat congested. Some people keep telling me that anyway, but I feel a lot better. So thank you so much for your love and well wishes. I really appreciated that. And like I said, I, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I should be telling you this right now, but there was one night where I was having such a vivid dream of me recording an episode. <laughs> Launch numbers, like what numbers to be looking at at what and what the numbers mean. And it was like my brain was like chat GPT, like writing out an episode. And then I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I feel like I could get on the mic and record that episode right now. But of course I was so sick that it Physically, I wasn't able to do that, but I just find it so weird that my brain wrote this episode. So I don't know. Maybe I should do that episode. Maybe that was a sign that I should put that episode onto the podcast and and I will give it some thought if I can remember it. (laughs) But it was so vivid. Clearly, I've really been missing being on the mic. But today, I want to talk to you actually about list building because that's exactly what we're doing in my business right now. So it tends to be on the mind when I'm recording episodes is usually very aligned with what I'm truly doing. So I want to share, I kind of like put pen to paper and just brain dumped. As you can, you might be able to tell, I, I have shared that I do this a few times on the podcast. When I'm feeling really stuck on something, a really great trick is to like put five minutes on the clock and like just do a list of like 17 ways to do whatever the thing is that I'm stuck on, right? Or 50 ways. Like, I don't know. I picked 17 because that's what how many different ways to grow your list popped up in my head when I did this exercise. But it could be anything like pick a number that feels really challenging and impossible because your brain's going to work a little bit harder. But it is absolutely insane what your brain uncovers when you do this exercise. It truly blows my mind every time. So I just did this because 
we have to move into a growth period right now. And so I just did a, a like a brain dump and 17 different ways to grow my email list popped up. And before I get into kind of like walking through what those different ways are, because that's exactly what I want to share with you today, I want to give you a ton of ideas on how to grow your list. I want to first talk about the timing of list growth, right? And why I am focusing on list growth right now, because it is actually a very, very, very important part of online business. And I feel like people do not talk about this enough. So here are the behind the scenes. As you know, if you listen to this podcast, we just completed a launch period, right? We launched my go-to coach club and the the side membership that was born like like three days into launch. I can't, I feel like no one would ever recommend doing that, but we ended up building a whole other membership in the middle of launch because of our feedback. So we kind of launched two things at the same time. So we just wrapped that up. And when you go through a launch period, this basically means you go through a very heavy sales period, obviously, right? And sales periods are super important because the people who are ready to buy from you have the opportunity to say yes to that purchase, to that investment, right? The people who are not ready, but who are vibing with your point of view and who are, you know, just kind of like seeing you as that go-to coach, right? They are, they're not necessarily ready to say yes in that moment, but now thanks to your sales period, they are very aware of what you sell. They are very aware of how to work with you. They are very aware of this program that you have. And now they have something to work towards. They might not be ready to say yes, but they know about you and they're like, Oh, I cannot wait until I can invest in that program. Like that's the program for me. Right? So there's a group of people that's ready to say yes, bam, let's do this. I was going to say, yes, bam, thank you, ma'am. Is that a saying? (laughs) Or did I just come up with that? So that's one group of people. Another group of people are thinking, ooh, I like the sound of this. I need this in my life one day. So they're working towards something. And then there's this other group of people who come to the realization that you are just not for them. They are not into your program. They are not into working with you. And thanks to that sales period, they feel clear on that because there is something about that influx of sales emails that happen during a sales period or, or sales posts or whatever, like those, that like influx of promotion that is happening during a launch period that makes people come to a decision, whether it's yes or no, right? Because getting all those emails and getting all those posts makes us feel like, oh my gosh, I'm over it, unsubscribe, or ooh, FOMO, I can't wait to do this. And you're still kind of invested and excited to to read everything. Or the heck yes, it's time, let's do this. It's because of those influx of emails that kind of like and that urgency that bring us to a decision. So a lot of people get really panicked about over-emailing or over-posting during a sales period, but actually it is a very, very important part for you as a business owner. You are making it urgent and important that people come to a decision and and you're holding their feet to the fire and making it possible for them to actually get to that place, right? Yes or no. For you, the goal should never be actually to make, I mean, like obviously you can make goals to make sales goals. I I understand why you would do that. But it's not as salespeople, it's we're not really actually trying to get people to buy. We are trying to get people to a clear decision, one that where they feel like they have all the information to to come to a clear yes or no. And whatever that is, we celebrate that. Because for us, the launch period is about clarity amongst our community. 
right? It's about giving them a place and an event where they can feel clear on what their next step is. That's really how I look at it anyway. So the sales period is extremely, extremely important. And this is why I do not get in my head about unsubscribes. Of course, I got unsubscribes during my sales period. That's fine. This is also why I don't care about unfollows. This is also why I don't care if I have to send you seven emails about the same thing. I'm going to send you seven emails about the same thing. It's a temporary thing. If you like being on my email list, you understand that in 48 hours, this is all over. So I do not get in my head about over-emailing during that period. However, while I believe this sales period is important, I'm also very aware that if I just kept selling and kept launching without growing, right, without putting growth periods between those sales periods, eventually... I will be speaking to everyone who has already said yes or no. They have already come to a clear decision about whether or not they want to jump in with me or not. So it is absolutely imperative that after a launch period, you need to have a growth period. You need to be bringing people very intentionally into your community before your next sales period. It's imperative. And that's what we are doing inside of my business right now. So to be 100% clear here, I just want to make this like crystal clear because this is so important. I'm not saying you don't think about list growth all year round, right? Technically, you're an online business. Like you should be thinking about your online community and growing it intentionally. It doesn't have to be fast growth, but you have to, you should be thinking about getting in front of other audiences all year round. But what I'm saying is during those growth periods, which usually come right after a sales period, you are turning up the volume, right? So perhaps throughout the year, let's say you do two list growth efforts a month, let's say. But then during that growth period, that two to three month growth period after your launch, let's say you're going to do 10 a month for like two to three months right? Which is actually kind of like what we're doing. So for example, if you like to get on two to three podcasts a month, just to keep getting in front of new audiences, to keep sharing your lead magnet, if you do about two to three a month, maybe during your concentrated growth period, you do 10, you try to get on 10 podcasts a month, right? You're turning up the volume for a couple of months at a time so that you can really get that like, that focused energy on your growth work and make sure that that is before your next sales sales period. So when you're planning out your year, year, that's how I like to look at it, right? I I look at, and we just talked about this actually with Frenchie, uh, who was our last interview, I think, as I record this, so a couple episodes ago. That's how I plan out my year. I decide when am I selling, and then when my sales period ends, I move into a growth period right after. That's kind of, that's like how I, that's how I budget it out. And then side note, unrelated to what we're talking about today, but just so FYI. And then right before I move into a sales period, I move back into an engagement period, right? So that's when I'm really getting close with my community and I'm not focused on growth too much, actually. I'm just focusing on making sure my community feels really close to me, right? So my type of content changes a little bit. Okay. Maybe we'll do an episode on that if you're interested. Make sure you DM me and let me know because that's how I know when you're interested in something. (laughs) Okay. So I think that I made it really clear, right? That this growth period, when this growth period happens and why it is so, so, so important. So I think they were all on the same page. So this morning, I, you know, I, or this last week, actually, my OBM and I have 
been really going over numbers and being like, wow, okay, we really need, like, we really haven't been focusing on growth at all in the past, gosh, like year, maybe more than that. And we really need to be thinking about growth. And so I was really, really sick and I couldn't, my brain wasn't quite working and I couldn't put things together. So I was like, I'm going to just do a list of ways to grow just to kind of get the cobwebs out and really remember how have we grown in the past and what do we need to focus on and put energy into. And I created a list that I want to share with you today because I was like, gosh, do people know about all these things? Because I feel like everyone, the only thing we tend to do when we are growing our email list is share our lead magnets on social media. And then we complain, but I share my lead magnet all the time on social media, but people aren't wanting it or whatever. So I don't know what to do, right? And then we say social media doesn't work or our lead magnet sucks. And maybe maybe our lead, your lead magnet's not great. It's possible. But my point is like we tend to forget that there's a lot of other ways to get in front of people. And I wanted to do an episode devoted to that. Okay, so let's dive in. The first one that came onto my list is my favorite thing of the moment, and that is collab reels and collab posts. If you are inside of the GoTo Coach Club, you know I talk about this and I incorporate this into our content guides. Um, collab reels and collab posts are a genius effort by Instagram. And essentially, if you're not, not aware what what these are, this basically means you can now post something and you can collaborate with something with someone on a post. So for example, I could film a reel with you, right? You and I could film a reel and cut different clips together where it looks like we're having a conversation and we can post it so that I mark you as a collaborator. And that is different from tagging you. Okay. Because if I tag you, you just get a notification. Oh, you were tagged on Sophia's post. But if we collab on this, you're going to get an invitation. Do you want to collab with Sophia on this post? If you accept that invitation, that post is going to appear on your feed and my feed, which means all of your followers, or not all of your followers, but your followers are going, the followers who are currently engaged with you are going to see that post. And the followers that are currently engaged with me are going to see that post. So you are going to get in front of my followers and I'm going to get in front of your followers. This also means we share all of the engagement on the post. We share all of the insights on the post. So if you if someone from your community who doesn't follow me comments on it, I will still get notified about it so that I can go in there, start a conversation with this person. And perhaps this person's going to be like, hey, I like Sophia. I'm going to follow her as well. So it's an opportunity for both of us to win, for both of us to get in front of communities. So if you are watching this and you just had a sales period and you know of a friend who is an aligned business owner who speaks to a similar audience, Right, but is not a competitor, or actually, even if they are a competitor, I collaborate with competitors a lot. Um, I'll let you be the judgment on that because that's not what this episode is about. But if there's someone that you think you could do a collab reel with, maybe reach out to them and say, Hey, we're both in a growth period. We both just finished launching. Do you want to do a collab reel with me? Like, it could just be a fun way to create content because we have to anyway, and also make sure that content is getting in front of other people's audiences. You can do this with a graphic. You can also do this with carousels. I have done guest expert carousels inside of the GoTo Coach Club where I create like, where I help our members create like a kind of like a guest expert thing, like where you could each like pick questions that you often get from the audience and then give each of your answers right on each slide, right? So what's your favorite 
a project management tool. Let's say Sophia says Asana, so-and-so says Trello, right? So it's like you have this opportunity to almost like a fun reel where you both answer the common questions that you get, make it a collab post so that it appears on both of your feeds and then you both can promote it and get in front of new audiences. There's so many fun things you can do, but it is such a great way to get in front of other audiences. Um, and if you really wanted to think about this strategically, right, maybe you wanted to do some kind of a pitch thing where you want to do this with your lead magnet, where you're like, hey, actually, this is not a cloud post, but this isn't a bad idea. Maybe you want to, in the same way that you would pitch a topic for a podcast episode to someone, maybe you want to pitch like so you're the topic of your lead magnet, right? So you're like, let's, okay, let's, let's say your name is Tina right? Um, Tina, you know, I have a really great lead magnet that I think your audience would absolutely love. Like, could I put together a, could we put together a post in your branding where you promote, where I give you three tips to do this and then we can promote my lead magnet afterwards. And I'd love to do that for you on my feed, like later in the month. Like maybe you do kind of like a swap like that, right? But there's so many ways we can collab with our content that we don't even think about. We spend so much time posting, but we don't spend any time thinking about how to collab on those posts. Okay, so there's one thing. Another way, and I've just talked about this briefly, but it's pitching to be on podcast, right? I know that we are very familiar with this concept of pitching to be on podcast, but I think that we don't go through the we don't go through pitching very intentionally. So if you are currently trying to grow your email list, what I would urge you to do is I would take look at your podcast. Uh, sorry, not your podcast. Look at your lead magnets, right? The lead magnets that you would be out there sharing on these podcasts at the end when they say, where can we learn more from you? Ideally, you're not just saying, oh, follow me on Instagram. You're saying, well, I have this great gift where I'm going to share X, Y, Z, whatever your lead magnet is. All you got to do is go to www.signupformyleadmagnet.com or whatever it is and get it, right? So ideally, you've got some kind of a lead magnet that you are pitching to them. Look at all of your lead magnets and look at the topics each lead magnet is, um, look at the topic that each lead magnet is covering and pitch those topics to podcasts, right? So that you have a lot of opportunity to talk about your lead magnets on all of these, these podcasts, right? That's one thing to be thinking about. The other thing to be thinking about is when you pitch like what I have typically found, and a lot of people have tested this for me inside of the Go To Coach Club, I find that 25% of the pitches that you send out get a yes, unless you know these people pretty well. Like if you're just pitching a pretty healthy mix of people you don't know and people that you do know, like about 25% are going to say yes. So when you know that, when you go into a growth period, you should really be doing the math around that. Okay, if I want to get on 10 podcasts a month, I have to pitch to 40. If I want to get on five podcasts or um, yeah, five podcasts a month, I need to pitch to 20, right? Because five times four is 20. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> so think about this strategically and intentionally, right? Don't just say, oh, I want to get on podcasts, so I'm just going to oh, pitch to a couple here and there, and then hopefully I'll get on seven. The math ain't mathin', right? Like, are you doing the math or not? 25% will say yes, so plan your pitching accordingly. The third thing to think about are joint Instagram lives. You know, when you are on a joint Instagram live, you get in front of someone else's audience and they get in front of your audience, right? 
both of our audiences get kind of like the collab reels and posts that we were talking about earlier. Both of our audiences get notified that you are going live with someone. So again, I actually did a series called Experts for Coaches once where I did like where I brought on different kinds of experts that coaches would hire. And I did like 15-minute episodes on Instagram Live with them. Now, I quit this effort pretty quickly because I was like, you know what? I want to do a podcast. Like, I need to put my energy into building out podcasts, not this, because this isn't what I want to do ultimately. So I ended up, I think I stopped at like episode four and I launched a podcast instead. But it worked. Like, it was a great way for me to build relationships with people. Um, with these other experts that I could collab with. But also, I I was creating content. It meant I didn't have to post that day because I did an Instagram Live and I posted that instead. And I got in front of other audiences that ended up following me. So do you, if you do not want to start a podcast episode, like maybe here's what we need to be thinking about. Like you just finished a launch. Maybe you need to start your own Instagram Live once a week, 15-minute episode show where you go live with someone else, right? You bring them on to ask them a few questions or to ha- to like go through a topic. Like for example, I remember I was like, okay, it was when I started this, I think it was March. This was like last year, like I said. And I was like, okay, it's about to be tax season. I'm going to bring on a tax expert because my audience are bu- business owners and they're thinking about taxes. So I brought on a tax expert and I asked them tax questions. Do you know what I mean? Like literally this is how we think about podcasts as well, but it's the same idea. What does your audience need right now? What kind of conversations can you have? Keep it loose. Think of like three or four questions to ask. Keep these episodes somewhat short. I find they find that they do a little bit better and make this a consistent thing. You will consistently get in front of other people's audiences. People can learn about you. Now hold, I'm going to talk about pin post in a minute if you are like these ideas that I'm giving you, make sure you listen to what I'd say about the pin posts. Okay. I'm just kind of putting that in your ear. If you're not in the go-to coach club, you might not be aware of my my stance on pin posts. So I'm going to get to that in a second. <laughs> but joint Instagram lives are a great way to be consistently getting in front of other people's audiences. Okay. Now, another the the other thing I have on my list, number four, social shares and shout outs. This is a little harder to put a plan around. Um, I will admit, I think that like this is really about building relationships online with fellow business owners who support you enough to want to be resharing your stuff. The amount of people that have come into my world simply because people share my content to their Instagram story, if we were to really look at the math, it's probably the I, I probably get the most traffic from people who do this, right? Over the years. Right. Um, if we were to really do the math, but it's harder to test and measure, which is why I, I've never claimed that. But I do have, I can think of one person in particular. She has a very engaged audience. She doesn't have a small audience. She has maybe a thousand people who follow her. And I doubt she has an email list, but she shares so much of my content and I'm so grateful for her. And so many amazing people come from her. They're like, oh my gosh, I heard, you know, so-and-so reposted your your story and I, or you're real and I love it, right? Like I get that all the time. And I'm like, gosh, another one from this person. I'm not going to share her name because I haven't asked permission for that. But like, don't sleep on this. Now, you might be thinking, but how do you get people to want to reshare your stuff? Well, 
this is where it gets a little tricky, right? Because it's not something you can necessarily force people to do. But I will notice that this is what I, this is what I, how I show up that I think leads to this. One thing, first things first, I share very specific kinds of content. I'm very clear about my opinions. I'm very punchy. I'm kind of tough lovey. And I find that that kind of content gets a lot of shares. Um, and that's just my vibe. If, if you're not that kind of a person, like I'm not saying become that kind of a person so you can get shares, but that's, that is what tends to happen. When people see themselves in your content and be like, Ooh, either I needed to hear that or damn, like that's what we need to hear or shit, that sounds just like me. Usually one of those feelings result in some kind of a share. So I'm aware of that. And I think about that in my content. But the other thing is I myself am also very social with people. I share other people's content a lot. I go onto other people's feeds and I comment on their stuff and I cheer them on and I support them. And I am a part of this online community. I don't just post and wait for people to do engage with my stuff and share my stuff and then I don't do anything. I am out there contributing to the online space. And because I am out there contributing to the online space, people think about me right? When they see me post something and they like it, they want to share it because we are in a back and forth. We are not, not a tennis match in like a competition way. I mean, a tennis match like a, you know, we're in the middle of a game together. We're supporting one another, right? And so people, these people who I am active with will want to also share my stuff because that's just how it works online. It's a social atmosphere, right? It's kind of like when you go out to a bar, and you like, let's just say you're going to, you know, it's like happy hour drinks with friends and you buy around and then they buy around and then you buy around and then they buy around. I mean, I haven't done anything like that in years, but you know what I mean? There's like a social atmosphere and you kind of get in the vibe of it all. When you are in a social atmosphere online, right? And you're, you're there supporting one another. Um, you're both there sharing each other's stuff, shouting each other out, thinking of someone when someone comes to you being like, Hey, I'm looking for insert strategist that you are insert coach that you are. I'm looking for someone. Do you know someone you're going to be the first person people think of when you are actively contributing to the online space. So the other thing that I think about when I'm growing my audience is when I come on to be engaging with people, like, am I, contributing to the online space? Am I participating on this online platform? Because when I do, people want to share about me, right? So again, while that isn't a clear cut way of how to grow your email list, um, it's an important thing to, to remember if you, if you want to use the space to drive traffic back to your people. The next thing on my list, I had affiliates and partners. I'm pretty, don't think I need to go into that. Uh, really? And actually, maybe I'll talk about it a little bit more when I talk about lead magnets in a little bit. Okay. Podcast bumpers and sponsorships. This is another thing that I am considering playing with a little bit because I have been getting a lot of emails from people being like, Hey, can I like, do you, can I pay you money to, for you to promote something for me? Right. And I was like, gosh, is this what people are doing these days? And I think that they are. And actually we had uh, Jacqueline Malone on the podcast a long time ago. And this is something that she does, that she helps you do. So if you want, if you're like, I have a podcast, I'm curious about sponsorships. I'm curious about how, like, how to to use other people's podcasting platforms to to benefit my own brand without me being a, a guest. Like, how what does that look like? She might be a great person for you to reach out to, Jacqueline Malone. 
And essentially what these are are like like I mean it's kind of I think you can probably figure it out but it's like doing advertisements on other people's podcasts essentially right this podcast this episode is brought to you by such and such right <laughs> and that usually is something that you you pay for right this is not this is not the same thing where you're just pitching yourself to podcast this is usually a paid opportunity or some kind of an opportunity and but you know what? For the right podcast, it might bring back so much audience growth that it might be worth it. This is something that you're going to have to consider. So is there a podcast out there where you're like, ooh, the I believe the listenership is really, really high on this podcast or I have heard – like I had a friend who was on that podcast and they got a lot of – um, audience growth from it. Like, Definitely make decisions from numbers. You can also – if you wanted to pitch to someone, you can also ask for their numbers, right? This would be a situation where if you're going to pay for something, you could absolutely get numbers in return so that you know it's a worthy investment for you. But maybe you want to create a 30-second spot that you can shop around for different podcast episodes promoting your lead magnet. Just a thought. All right. Another one, guest experts for masterminds and Facebook groups. Now, this is a big one. I, this is what I did for years. This was the only way that I knew how to grow. I had a class called Hack the Algorithm, and I pitched that class to countless Facebook groups and masterminds and online courses and just anyone who had space, who had an audience that was interested in learning how to, the algorithm worked. I shopped this class around and I did this class for free for these communities and I tried to do about two or three a month, right? And it, and then at the end, I shared my lead magnet so they could get on my email list and that was the only thing I did for two years. I didn't even grow through social media. Podcasts weren't a thing. That was the only thing that I did. But the beauty of this route is it's the exact same class. Hack the algorithm never changed. It literally was a an hour-long training on how to hack the algorithm and then like three or four different strategies that you could try. And that was it. And then I shared my lead magnet. And everyone thought it was a juicy class. I pitched it to a bunch of different people. And that is the only thing I did. So I created one piece of content and I used it for two years to grow my email list. And the beautiful thing is everyone who came onto my list because they wanted to understand how to hack the algorithm were a great fit for me because that's exactly what I did in my membership, which at the time was called What the Heck to Post right? So great way to grow. I still believe in this way to grow. Um, I think that I don't know there's much else to say about that other than it's probably the best one on this list. <laughs> Not going to lie. Uh, especially because it does, it, you don't have to burn yourself out of creating content. You're creating one piece of content and you're shopping it around, right? I think the trickiest part is going to be finding the places to pitch to. And that's actually not tricky, but it, it, that is what stops people because people are like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to find that. It's really a question of going online with your eyes open, right? They're all out. People are out there, right? We have po podcasts that just collect guests that you can just go down the list, find a bunch of guests that are aligned with you. Like there's so many ways to find these people. It's just about, okay, I have a one hour on my calendar. I'm in my growth period. Let me Google the heck out of these people and find, do they have courses? Like, like how can I get in front of these people and how can I provide value for these people? Similarly, you could be a guest expert for a summit, which I won't get into. You could also host your own summit, which again, I think you know how, what that looks like, so I won't describe what that is. But that is something that we are doing, actually. Not this growth period, but our next growth period. Uh, which is going to happen after our next launch, we are going to host a summit probably in October, 
right? So I as well, while a lot of these are lazy list building strategies, hosting your summit is definitely not a lazy list building strategy. It definitely requires some intention and quite a bit of work. Um, that's something that I have on my list because I think that that's a great way to get in front of people quickly, but it's something I've never done before. So I have to hire an expert to teach me how to do it and do it well. <laughs> so that's my next growth experience, my next growth experience after this period. But hey, maybe that's something you want to consider too. Then we have Facebook ads, another great way to grow your list. Allison Hardy does spends like a few dollars a day to grow her email list with Facebook ads. And I am always marvel at her ability to do this. So that's a great way. Okay. Now your pin posts. I mentioned earlier that I wanted to talk to you about your pin posts. I think this is number 12 that we're on. Your pin posts. I think this is another thing people really forget to consider when growing their email list. Your pin posts, first of all, those are those posts at the top of a feed. You know, if you look at your feed, like right below your bio, those top three posts, you have the option to pin posts to those top three places so that they never change. You select what posts are pinned and they get they stay there. So when you post something new, it populates underneath those top three posts, right? So those are your pin posts if you are not aware of what pin posts are. And what I love about pin posts is, first of all, it's the first thing people see when they come onto your page. So there's so much you can do with with those three post locations. Here's a couple of thoughts. Do you have three lead magnets? If you answered yes, what if you did a post for each of those lead lead magnets and pinned them to the top of your profile, right? Or the other thing you can do is you can use that space, like one of the posts could be promoting the value of your email list, right? This is a big mistake I see people make. People think that, oh, I need to be promoting my lead magnet to grow my email list. What if you promoted the value on your list? Like every week, this week I'm sharing four data-driven reasons to post more personal content. Right? Like that's that that's a juicy topic, right? A lot of people a lot of people charge for the stuff that I share in my email list, right? So I'm doing posts where I promote the value on my email list. Like I actually say, this is what we're talking about on my email list this week. Here's how to get on my email list, right? Or here are the topics we're covering this week, uh, this month. Here's how to get on my email list. But I promote the value on my list instead of just promote the lead magnet. So your pin post could be every single month, we're moving into a new month, right? We're moving into June, you know, well, not really in a couple of weeks, but like maybe you do in a couple of weeks, a post where it's like, these are the email topics I'm sharing in June. One, two, three, four, use the caption to direct people to your, to how to get on your email list. And maybe that's how, what you do with your pin post every single month, right? Swap it out for the topics that you're covering that month. The idea here is don't sleep on your pin posts. If you are going to do any of these strategies, joint Instagram lives, social shares and shout outs, um, podcast bumpers and sponsorships. Like the idea is to bring people back to your online presence. You need to make sure your feed is fixed so that people know what the heck to do when they get onto your page. So do not, if you are in a period of growth, swap out those pin posts and be promoting your email list. Give people a reason to join your email list. Give people a reason to sign up for your lead magnet. Give pe- make sure people know about your freaking lead magnet. When's the last time you pr- promoted your lead magnet, right? So all of these things 
you will see so much more results if you also make sure that when people come onto your page, you have it all set up so that it drives people to your email list. Okay. And this is a big mistake people are going to make when they're trying to grow their email list if they don't do this. Okay. All right. So pin posts, don't forget them. Okay. And then I just talked about promoting the value of your list. Great. That was number 13. Just talked about lead magnets. Okay. I want to say one extra thing about lead magnets. So with your lead magnets, there's ways you can get creative with your lead magnets too. Back to promote uh, collaborating, like what we started with, right? A lot of people, um, they promote, they create a lead magnet and then they just promote that lead magnet. Fine. That works fine. Then there are people that get a little bit more strategic about this and they think, okay, I have a sales period in October. I'm going to have these 10 affiliates. I am going to create a lead magnet with these 10 affiliates. I'm going to ask all of them for their insert tip that would align with what you're selling, right? So for example, let's use me as an example. Maybe I'll, I'll do this too. I talk a lot about relationship building. So I can reach out to each of my 10 affiliates and I can say, hey, what is your top relationship building tip or your top nurturing tip, right? I could create a lead magnet with each of these 10 people's advice. We could, I could then create an affiliate link for each of these people so that they are all promoting my lead magnet, growing my list, which also promotes them because they're part of my lead magnet. I'm shouting out some of their advice, right? But then also, if they have an affiliate link, the people that come onto my list from them, right? Um, also, if those people convert during my launch, they get an affiliate payment, right? So in other words, I'm creating a lead magnet with my affiliates for my next launch. They are promoting this lead magnet leading up to my launch. So like at least a month out, this is not something, this is almost going to not feel like part of the launch, right? A month out of my next launch, they're all promoting it with their communities because they want to get as many affiliate people inside the community inside of my email list so that their affiliate payment is higher, right? So they are promoting this list, this lead magnet. I'm growing my email list. And then I go into a sales period like normal. And everyone who came from their community is now tagged under their name so that I can give them an affiliate payment. So it's a win-win for everyone, but it is a great way to explode your list growth without you just thinking the traditional way of, oh, I'm just going to grow my email list right? I'm just going to create a lead magnet and promote my lead magnet. I hope that makes sense. I hope me walking through that made sense because that's actually what uh, I just was an affiliate for someone and that's exactly what she did. And I was like, that is genius. That is freaking genius. So I think that's something that I'm going to try. So the reason I am sharing that and walking you through it is because we tend to get really trapped in thinking about the same old ways to grow your email list. Get a little creative, right? How can we get other people involved in promoting our list? And how can we make it a win for them? So if they're already going to be affiliates, that's already a win. But maybe what matters more to them isn't the affiliate payment, but it's actually like getting their message out there as well. So if I create an opportunity where 10 other people are also promoting their message because you know everyone's promoting each other's message with this lead magnet, with this fancy lead magnet, now we have a way of really exploding our list growth. Okay. Number 15, guest blogging. Guest blogging is so not dead, right? I don't actually, I don't like 
um, writing as much as I like talking, which is why I tend to not do the guest bloggings. But I just had someone – because, you know, I did an article for Forbes years ago or not, I guess, too long ago. But yeah, like more than a year ago, year and a half or whatever it is to me. Scott, is it two years? Jesus. Anyways, (laughs) time is flying here. But someone just joined the Go to Coach Club from from reading that article two years ago, right? But she, but she just found it now because things on the internet live forever. Oh my gosh, go figure. So, like, guest blogging is not dead. There are people who are very actively blogging, but it's not as saturated of a market anymore. So it can be a great opportunity for you to create a um, very clear blog and then promote your lead magnet at the end of it. Like if you want to do a blog about 12 ways to get a client and then you share five, but you say, I have seven more at this link, there's a lot of reason people are going to want to sign up for that link if they liked the blog in the first place, right? So guest blogging is not dead, but think about it strategically, right? Make sure there is a clear lead in to a lead magnet to collect email addresses. Content upgrades. This is like kind of actually what we just talked about. That would be a content upgrade. So for example, what is uh, this podcast, right? What I should have done, and I didn't think about it, so I'm not going to do it, but what I should have done was I should have taken all of these ideas and put them in a document for you to download, right? That's really what I should have done. And then you would have had a checklist or a worksheet of things to download after listening to this podcast, right? So maybe I'm like, 17 ways to grow your email list. And then I'm like, here, I've put them all into a worksheet for you that you can download. Just go to sophiapara.com forward slash list, whatever it is, right? And then now you can, you're like, wow, I really like this podcast. Shoot, I don't have time to take notes or I didn't take notes or I'm driving, so I didn't have an opportunity to take notes. Oh, great. There's a way I can download this thing. I could also create a worksheet for you where it's like, okay, maybe I'm talking about the importance of having a message in a saturated market. And then I can say, all you got to do is down, go to this link and I've given you four questions to journal today to help you get your message, right? So what kind of content up- upgrades can you incorporate into your content that you're already creating, particularly, particularly your long form content? So this is great for guest blogs where you share a topic and then you direct them to an email list to dive deeper. Uh, This is great for podcasts, like we just mentioned. This is great for your email list even. But how can you make simple, make sure these are so, so freaking simple, like lists, checklists, things like that, something that people can then download after absorbing your content. Number 17, launching, right? You are going to grow your email list when you launch, especially if you think about it ahead right? So if you have a webinar or a five-day challenge or something, that grows your email list because people are signing up for those things and then going into your launch, right? So launching is very, very valuable for so many different reasons. So launching will grow your email list. But also think about it, like what I said earlier about the lead magnet, right? Like what are the efforts you are doing leading up to the launch to make sure your launch performs better, right? Are you doing something creative with your lead magnets? Do you have other people sharing your lead magnets? Do you have a way to make people affiliates? If you use Kajabi, that's what we use and they have it make do it make it really easy to have affiliates. Like do you have a way to bring on people onto your team, partners to help spread the word about your message and what you're creating? 
Number 18 says on my list, pop-up forms on your website. Do not sleep on the pop-up forms on your website. I personally do not find these annoying. A lot of people get very sensitive about these. Like, oh, I just don't want to be annoying to people. You're not being annoying. You're letting people be aware of your lead magnet. There is nothing wrong with that. Your lead magnet was built with love, and I'm sure it's very great and juicy. And maybe you don't actually think it's great, which is the reason you're being in your head about the pop-ups. Possibly, okay? So question that a little bit. But if you believe in your lead magnet, you, you better want people to be fully aware of this lead magnet. Right. And this is such an easy way to just make sure people don't leave your website without at least having the information they need to sign up for that lead magnet if it's a juicy one and if if you truly think that it can help them. Okay. So I just went through about 18 different ways to grow your email list. Some of them require more work than others, but here is the big important thing. Here's the thing you have to take away from this be intentional. Okay. This is not about, oh my gosh, here are 18 different things you should do, so now you need to do all 18 things. This is about really considering what on this list, and there's so many other things that I haven't even mentioned, right? So there's so many more things. For me, I choose to go deeper instead of wider every time, and that always works really well for me. But it requires me to really look at my numbers and see where do people tend like how where do people respond best to me where do people get most excited about my message and when i can pay attention in that way i can be way more intentional and strategic about how i choose to show up okay but please be intentional and do not read this as oh my gosh now i have to do 18 things a month in order to grow no pick two or three and turn the volume up and down on those things and if you're like hmm these aren't working swap it out with something else that's when you should try something else right but for me i would pick two to three at the to- at a time and go up, turn that volume up and down on them okay all right i hope that what i've communicated with you if we could do a quick recap here is l- list growth is so massively important And while it is a task that we do all year round, you absolutely do need concentrated times for growing your list in the same way that you need concentrated times for going all in on selling, right? And this is still relevant even if you're an evergreen product. It does not matter, right? You still should be thinking, ah, I'm going to really do a hard sales push during these periods and I'm going to do a hard growth push during these periods. You should still be thinking about your year like that in my opinion, Okay. So I hope that I have communicated that to you. And then I hope that I've given you ideas on how we can show up and grow your list strategically and intentionally. Because this, by far, if you want to grow your business, you have to grow your list. There is no way around it. I personally would be so much further ahead had I focused on growing my list right away, right away. So do not sleep on the list growth. Bookmark this come back to this episode as you need it. I hope it can be here to support you during your list growth needs. And ah, I'm glad we I'm glad we got to do this today. Please DM me what you're going to be focusing on because I would love to know as as I go into a growth period too. If you are also going into a growth period, I would love to support you. I hope we can support one another. So DM me over at Sophia Para and I will see you on the next one. Give yourself a pat on the back because you made it to the end, which means you gave yourself and your business some time today. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know your support is what makes it possible for us to keep making it. So it would make my day if you gave us a five-star rating and review. I also want to make sure this podcast actually answers your marketing questions, like for real, for real. 
So if you're a coach and you've got a marketing question that's keeping you stuck, just DM it to me over at Sophia Para on Instagram. Or if you're in the United States, you can text it to my personal number at 917-810-2418. That way I can share resources or create a future episode just for you. See you on the next one.